the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays. Use promo code SGPN. Then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Let me know the voice of the guy. It's me, Really Real, Villain Real, Terrell from Virginia here at your service. And we have another day of playoff hoops. Full staff on the slate for a Tuesday. Couple guys, Scott Studio, Rice Shell. Scott, what's going on? Eh, nothing much. I can't imagine what it's like to dress up like the cookie monster and then drop 45 points in a playoff game. So I definitely uh, wasn't expecting that from Harden. We'll talk about that in a second. But, yeah, I don't know which outfit was worse, Harden's or Embiid's ripped Balenciaga sweatshirt. But either way, uh, a couple of good games last night. Well, a couple of close games. There was one very good game and whatever that Phoenix-Denver game was, which we'll talk about in a second. But a couple of interesting games, and uh, yeah, you have the Sixers now up one nothing, and Denver's up 2 nothing. All right, and we got with us the nerd, Delonte Smith. Delonte, what's going on? <laughs> Not much, man. It's been a while since we all did a show together, so excited about that. Looking forward to breaking down the card and recapping what we saw. All right, we're going, we can hop into a quick recap of last night, and I'll just, you know, keep it brief. We don't want to be too long with this and give you just one takeaway from last night real qu- really quick so everybody re- is reminded what happened on the card. We had the Philadelphia 76ers get the win as a 10-and-a-half point outright dog against the Boston Celtics on the road, 119-115. No Joel Embiid in that game. James Harden went off for 45 points. And then we had the Denver Nuggets going up 2-0 in the series versus the Phoenix Suns, 97-87. to Jokic had 39 of those points. Chris Paul went down with a groin injury in the third quarter, so we'll be looking at his status towards the rest of the series. Scott, I'll go to you. Between the two games, one takeaway. I'm going to let one of you talk about Harden because I know one of you will, so I'm just going to focus on the Denver series. I think it's over, just being straight up. Like, I understand that people can make the argument. Oh, like, Scott. Well, I was just going to say, <laughs> I feel like most people make the argument it's not officially a series until a team wins a road game. But I have to at least point out, the Suns bench is just so atrocious, and I thought that they'd be able to find a way to slightly overcome it because Denver's bench isn't great either. But they have to win that game yesterday. Jamal Murray has, what, six points with five minutes to go in the game? Give or take? You can't lose that game. Jamal Murray no-showed the game. And you had Durant, who was brutal yesterday. Booker was the only guy who showed up for Phoenix. But just watching the series, I understand the argument of getting a superstar to pair with Devin Booker. They have no depth whatsoever. The entire supporting cast is basically useless. They're not using Terrence Ross. They're not using TJ Warren. They can't score. Like Caldwell Pope stepped up and hit some big shots for Denver. I don't know if Phoenix has that guy that can step up. So, yes, I'm, I might be a bit of a Benedict here, but I have to at least acknowledge the fact that Denver minus one and a half games this morning was <laughs> minus 130. 
Can you explain to me why Denver minus one and a half games was minus 130 today? Because I don't think Phoenix is going to defend home court throughout this series. I don't think Phoenix is that good just looking at him play. Uh, they need they need Booker and they need Durant to combine for what? Like 70 points in a game to have a shot at winning? Nobody can score on this team. And you're assuming Murray's going to have another 30-point game at some point because he's pretty hot or cold, but when it's hot, he's going to drop 35. We saw that in game one. I think Phoenix is screwed. I'm not sure Monty's going to make the right adjustments. I don't think their supporting cast is good enough. Now Chris Paul's injured. I know Paul wasn't doing much anyway, but when campaigns your backup and he's a minus 16 in 16 minutes, I don't think campaigns any good. I think he had a decent run a couple years ago, which surprised a lot of people because he hopped around with the Bulls and the Thunder, I think, and then he became good for a playoff run. They don't have any supporting cast. So I think Denver's going to win the series comfortably. I've completely flipped. But have you seen anything from Phoenix in the first two games that makes you optimistic? Because once again, Murray had an all-time bad game, and Phoenix still lost. I think they got a lot of problems. I think Denver probably wins it in five at this point. I don't like. I think Phoenix is screwed. If I'm being honest, what? Uh, I'm not quite there yet with the with the sweep, but I guess my main takeaway would be the coaching staff. Monty Williams and Joe Mazzula down the stretch didn't do a good job um, down the stretch. So has Monty done anything in the series? Yeah, I mean he adjusted in the first half, but he didn't do much in in the second half. So that's my I guess one takeaway. From I mean, he games. can't go out there and shoot the shots for him. That's, at the end of the day, though. at the end of the day, he adjusted. He adjusted though. He you saw he went deeper into that bench game too, and was looking for anybody and any, literally anybody to give them a spark, and they just didn't do it. Like, Except for it, the two guys on the it. bench that might actually be able to score. I, I do agree with that. You know? Yeah. So I yeah, mean, now we'll see. I'll I saw a Kogi turn me. down a wide open floater five feet from the basket in the last four minutes of the game, and I'm like, all right, like I, I know what I'm looking at at this point. This team's just not they're just not deep enough as far as I'm concerned. I mean, they right. control they control the majority of that game. I mean, they just look like they they well, had the control. Did they control or did Murray just break a bunch of shots? I, I mean, did you see what they were doing when Chris Paul was off the pick and roll? Like they were they were in rhythm. They were up what uh, they were up eight before Chris Paul went out. Um, yeah. And I thought they found some things with uh, Chris Paul being actually dribbling the ball, being a point guard, rather than letting Booker and KD create more, wasting their energy. So, just saying, I mean, Paul, you're I saying like- that Paul was what, like three for ten before he got injured? Like, I understand the point you're making. He shot horribly in that game before he got hurt. But I, I'm also factoring the Chris Paul injury into the equation. I think he's going to miss a couple of games, the groin injury, and Chris Paul has had a lot of injuries in his career. They might have to start campaign. Like, we, we're having this conversation in the playoff series, and we know Jokic is going to do whatever he wants against Aiton, and there's nothing they can do about it. I think that's I think what Phoenix they want, though. Screwed, I, think, I, think they, I think they didn't double him on purpose. Like, they wanted him to Bruh. kill Aiton, and that's what – I mean, that's what they did. That's and it was problem. working. It was working for, like, three and a half quarters until KCP hit a couple of jumpers. So, I mean – I, don't th- I think Phoenix is fine. I mean, I don't think less of them because they lost. I mean, they should have won that game. But I'm not a matter of being less. It's just a matter of I realized I completely misevaluated the series at the start. I gave Phoenix's bench too much credit. They How many guys do you actually trust? I don't even know if you trust Aiton anymore. What do you trust? Two guys on the entire team? Mm. And even with that, Durant, you're assuming Durant will bounce back. But with Paul being injured now, if, if your third option offensively is like Aiton and – a little bit of campaign? No, nah, I, I can't do it. I, that I can't do. 
But anyway, yeah. I'll, I'll let Terrell give his takeaway from yesterday. Yeah, my main takeaway was just the coaching, and it's, that's all. I mean, can you do the Harden speech? Because I thought that uh, the well, I just left the going. Celtics game to him because I know he had more on it, so I didn't want to. But he's going to roast him. the Celtics. I feel like we need to give Harden his separate flowers in this case, you know? No, I'll handle everything because you guys took forever. But before we do that, gotta talk to you about Shady Rays because we're teaming up with them for Shady May, and not only do you get an amazing fifty percent off, but you have a chance to win five hundred dollars. Because if you use promo code SGPN to get your Shady Rays at 50% off for two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses, then you can take your receipt to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Shady and enter for your chance to win the $500 Shady May Contest. $500 up for grabs just like that. Get your Shady Rays at a discount and get a chance to win $500. Who else is doing that? Only Shady Rays and Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Go to ShadyRays.com. Promo code SGPN for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. And then take that receipt to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for $500. All right. So I'm not worried about the Suns. <laughs> I'm not worried about the Suns at all. It, it, this is two games at home. I'm not, I, I win a game in, in Phoenix and then I'll be concerned. But other than that, I'm not concerned about the Suns. In terms of the Philadelphia and Boston game last night, uh, I don't know how to say it, so I'm going to allow Will Smith to tell James Harden what I want to tell James Harden. Now that's how you're supposed to shoot. From now on, that's how you shoot. Thank you very much, Will. I appreciate that because that is how you're supposed to shoot James Harden. That is how you are supposed to conduct yourself in this series. And when Joel Embiid comes back, I do not need you reverting back to whatever type of James Harden that we saw in Brooklyn, whatever type of James Harden that it wasn't healthy, whatever James type of James Harden whatsoever. I do not need you reverting back. I need you to stay right there where you're at. Does the production have to be 45 per game? No, it doesn't. If it is... Appreciate it because I'll probably cash a prop bet here or there. But that's the James Harden I need for this series. That's the James Harden that Joe OMB thought he was signing up for when he got him. And I'm telling you right now, if that James Harden stays for the series, <laughs> plus 460. <laughs> yeah, right. Whoo, <laughs> boy. That's all I got to say. I just, oh, man. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. It, they they they're playing with house money. Game two doesn't even matter. You got house money. You have home court now. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. But they was up twelve. They were up twelve. I mean, they were up twelve. All right. Boston lost a home game and shot over seventy percent in the first half. How oh, does that even happen? They finished at sixty percent. They finished at sixty. They shot over seventy percent in the first half and only led by three. I mean, when the Celtics Celtic, they're, I mean, they Celtic. Like, that's what it is. They Celtic. And I don't know what else to tell you, but yikes. <laughs> yikes. All right. The, what is it? It's the third or fourth time, including the playoffs, that the Celtics have lost outright as double-digit favorites this year. I forgot if it's the third or fourth time, but it's happened well, on several occasions. I know it's happened. I know it's happened twice in the playoffs. And... You know, we've been on the right side of both, but I mean, it. 
minus what's the odds hold on what's the updated odds for them to win the eastern conference because they were minus they were you were laying juice for them to win the eastern conference i'm just curious if that flipped or not or if, i think they're plus 200 now let's see here oh, no that's the title see. i'm sorry here, plus conference title is still minus 120 i mean the books are gonna have to give them big numbers and I still think they're going to win the series, but they cannot make it easy for themselves because this team plays down to competition. Last year... Oh, you didn't Benedict on the Celtics yet? Well, I'm not going to... Why, why would I switch? I still think they're a better team than Philly. Oh, okay. I'm just... All right. I'm jumping so, ship at what point? because I, th- I thought that series was a coin flip going in, and then I watched them play, and I'm like, all right, the Suns team has no bench. Like They're just a lost cause at this point. Boston, I still think it's a much better team. I'm not sure when Embiid's going to come back. I'm not sure Embiid can move when he comes back. There's still a lot of question mm-hmm. marks there. He was, he, they sounded like he was moving perfectly fine before the game. They just wanted to save him one more. I'm assuming uh, he's not going to play game two weeks. either because they, they stole game one. So I'm assuming they'll give him an extra day off for game two. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. But the, the point is, I'm not going to completely jump ship on Boston because I still think they're the much better team. The issue is coaching. And last year, I gave... Udoka a hard time because they were really bad late in games last year. And somehow Missoula's even worse late in games. And I don't know how you can be this bad with this much talent in late game situations. Marcus Smart actually played well for most of the second half until the turnover at the end. I'm also not sure why Marcus Smart gets the ball in the last possession to make a decision. That's a separate problem. Brogdon passed the ball to the other team in a James Worthy, North Carolina situation against Georgetown, just a free layup the other way, uh, which was definitely bizarre. But Boston, from we've seen time and time again, they're a really bad late-game team, and I don't know how they didn't send a double team of James Harden at some point during that game. I, I don't know how they did it. It was like Budenhoser watching Butler go for 56 and 40 cha- and change in back-to-back games, and they just didn't do anything. But Missoula, not a great coach. I even tweeted it. Uh, when the lines came out and the Celtics opened up at like minus 330 on the series, it went up to like $6 because Embiid was ruled out. But at the time I said, I think the Celtics should be a pretty decent favorite, but there's a Missoula tax on there because Missoula's going to blow a game or two. And we saw it in game one. So I still think Boston's going to win the series, but I really don't like Missoula as a coach. I'm really not a fan of him as a coach, but that's a separate story. We'll see how the series goes from here. Yikes, 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 yikes. All right. Any final thoughts on this game before we talk about stuff that's actually happening today? That's Harden's best game, right? Oh, so I saw a, a tweet and it was talking about oh, the Steph Curry thing. Yeah, like that's, James Harden's was more impressive because Curry dropped it against uh, Sacramento. And uh, Harden dropped it against Boston, and I'm like, "What the hell are you talking about?" That's, that's, that's the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Of course, like, oh no, like one was in a game seven, but it was against the Kings, so you know we don't count. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Just appreciate both games and move on. Yeah, yeah, definitely appreciate both games. But James Harden, that that's a career playoff moment for James Harden. I'm not hell, gonna it's, lie, it's probably, <laughs> that is a career game he's played. <laughs> that that yeah, is a career playoff. Thirty point triple double game against the Nets, I think. Ironically, against the Celtics too. But that was when they had Kyrie and Durant, and he could kind of just get whatever matchup he wanted. He was the only guy besides Maxi in that game. Like you knew going in, Harden's probably going to take a bunch of shots, and he dropped forty-five on the road on their heads. I think that's the best game that he's ever played. 
I was like half joking on Twitter, but not really. That's kind of a hardened playoff legacy game, especially if they win the series. For a guy with a legacy of choking, as pretty extensive <clears throat> as Harden's. Let's not get carried away here. We got we got, a lot, we got, say, a, lot of they, we got a lot of games that, left. If they win, win, they win that series, series, that would actually do a, a lot for his reputation. Win they win the series. series. Win. Okay, just saying, if or when they win the series, that's definitely going to save Harden's reputation in the grand scheme of things, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%, especially if he can... I'm I'm telling you right now, if that's the James Harden we're getting for this series, there's no chance Boston's winning. That's the James Harden we're getting. I don't think he's capable of doing that again. I don't know. Which which Harden against the Spurs? You mean when he was on OKC and he came off the bench and he carried them? That was like, what, 10, 15 years ago? No, I mean, I don't even think you can get the, the Rockets... James Harden. No, I'm just saying like, that's what Marino's saying. The conference finals against the Spurs, but I'm saying which time the th- the Thunder one where he came off the bench and he hit a bunch of shots and they won in six. I don't think you mean the one where he got blocked by Ginobili. Like I think you're talking about the one where he was with the Thunder. Is that what you're talking about? Mm. I don't know. Either way, it was the best game I've seen Harden play, and that three point shot at the end to give him the lead was massive. I'm not gonna lie. Vegas recharges me when I go to Vegas, too. But what also recharges me is underdog fantasy because I finally get to do best ball drafts again. And Best Ball Mania 4 is here where they're giving away $15 million in prizes, plus a whole bunch of ways to win with NBA, NHL, MLB, and a whole bunch of player prop parlays. Uh, Shout out to the Rangers for rangering. And shout out to New Jersey for showing New York that, hey, we're here, too. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was a grudge a, match. That game was a murder. That game was, was a grudge up. match. And shout out to New Jersey for saying, hey, we here too. So head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by the Notorious OTB and Kentucky Derby Week. Look. Everything you need for the Triple Crown bets, you can go to Notorious OTB. Hang out with Chase. Uh, check out Sports Gambling Podcast. They're going to have them on, and they're going to be talking about uh, Triple Crown bets as well. I got to get down on some dogs in there. Plus, leave a review for the show whenever you can. For Notorious OTB, leave a review from now and Belmont Saturday on June 10th, and you'll be entered into a drawing to win a canvas print of one of the Wolves' one-of-a-kind Fallen Bob paintings. I actually don't know what a Fallen Let me look this up. What does this look like? By the way, just so you know, uh, they race horses at the Kentucky Derby, not dogs. Well, I think I knew that. Yeah. They don't do dogs, too? Uh, no. Uh, dogs so are actually like, tracks for that. That's mostly Florida, so, I think. Fun fact, I just rewatched Shark Tale uh, like a week ago. And, man, losing out on that seahorse has to be like one of the worst beats I've ever seen on a TV show. I'm trying like, to remember the name of the horse, but I, I can't. Lucky, was it was a lucky the, day? It was a lucky day, I think. I think it was lucky day. Okay. No, it wasn't lucky day. That's a singer. It was lucky something, though. I thought it was a lucky day. That's a. I'm, I'm going to look that up. Shark I have not Tale. seen. I have not seen Shark Tale in probably. Oh, it like was 10 lucky years. day. Okay, yeah, it was lucky my, day. My movie knowledge is is just too vast. Yeah, he bet five thousand clams on him at two at two hundred to one. 
That was a bargain and a half. And he almost won. He almost won. He should have. Hey, so what he should have did is he should have took that and put it in the, uh, what's it called? The exacta box. So that way, even though he came in second, he still would have won some money. You would learn that if you go listen to Notorious OTB. So well, make for the sure exacta you box, that. you also need to get the right winner with that. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, if you... He should have... No, what you're saying is he should was a favorite. The if he bet him to place, then he could have just automatically made money instead of winning. Yeah, he's yeah. all right. All right, so make sure you t- tap into Notorious OTB, leave a review from now on Belmont Saturday, and you'll be entered into the drawing for that Fallen Bob painting. All right. We are back, and we are talking about the New York Knicks who are hosting the Miami Heat. Knicks are down 0-1 in the series. Heat lead 1-0, minus 6.5 for the Knicks. Open up at 4.5, now up to 6.5. Total open up at 210.5, down to 206.5. Injury report here, and the three names that everybody is, well, it is two, but there is a third up here. You have Julius Randle, who is questionable with that ankle sprain. You have Jimmy Butler, who's questionable with the ankle sprain. And Jalen Brunson has popped up with a sore ankle. He's questionable as well. Uh, looky here, Miami won game one in New York. Uh, what was the final score of that one? It was 108 to 101. Scott, I'll go to you first. You are getting the Heat as a six and a half point road dogs while they're up 101 in the series. So first things first, I'll dress the elephant in the room. I don't think Jimmy Butler is going to play. I said this when he got injured in game one. He even stated in the post-game interview that it's a it's an ankle sprain. Simply put, he rolled his ankle, and I don't think he's going to play. I think you can make the argument he was going to play if Miami would have lost game one because they maybe couldn't afford to go down 2-0. But they stole a road game already. I don't think Butler's going to play. I think we all know, except for Thibodeau, that he was a decoy in the last five, six minutes of regulation. He couldn't move. Simply put, they didn't get him involved in any defensive uh, actual assignments. They didn't force him to guard anybody, and Butler was crawling up and down the court. So the point is, I do think at the end of the day, you will see Butler probably not play. Also, if you just want to blindly follow a historical trend, if you blindly back the home team in game two after losing game one, they're insanely profitable just either straight up or ATS. I think the Knicks win comfortably uh, comfortably today. If Bowler's not able to play, I still don't fully trust Miami supporting cast. I know they've gotten hot from three recently. Vincent was very good in game one. Maybe you're expecting an MSG game from like Duncan Robinson or somebody. But if Bam Adebayo is your number one option offensively, I'm probably not going to put money on you. I'm going to lean to the Knicks. I'm assuming Brunson's going to play. But I'm assuming Butler is not going to. Even if he does, I'm not sure if he can move. He might be a decoy still in game two. But historically speaking, if you blindly back the home team when they're down one nothing in the series, they've done very, very well for you. I'm going to back the Knicks. I think they get back on track here. And I think Butler's not going to play. All right. Lance? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of um, I'm wait and see approach for me as far as playing it because I want to see if Brunson actually does play. Uh, Randall, I mean, it's not really a it, not really a needle mover for me. I, I'll just go ahead and Brunson's playing. Yeah, He's so... Gonna, I think Brunson's going to play, but... Butler's the Randall, one that's Randall's going to play? And Randall, maybe, but I don't know. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather him not play, to be honest with you. Uh, I like the Knicks better when he's not there. Um, they still dominated the paint 22-4 to in the first quarter in the paint. 
Uh, they dominated Miami, and Miami didn't turn it on until late. But I think the obvious side, I guess, to be on would be, you know, the Knicks, who are the more desperate team and likely to be playing uh, an undermanned Heat team. I'm like 50-50 on if Jimmy plays because I think it's a good opportunity for them to actually compete and go up 2-0 coming back to Miami. So, I mean, a little uncertainty. So I guess I'll wait until he's ruled out, see if I can get a better number on Miami. So I'm leaning to that side. But I think the Knicks do bounce back and win. But depending on how how, how high the number is, probably be on the Heat plus the points. Uh, Miami's pretty much 500 without Jimmy 9-9 in the regular season. And it's hard to like handicap the game of things that we saw in game one. I mean, kind of got to ignore everything because Jimmy produced a lot of the offense uh, for the Heat, and he was the anchor on defense as far as switching and being able to blow up some of the screen and rolls. So it's it's kind of hard to, to handicap it, but I would say I'm probably going to be on the Knicks first quarter, first half, and then the Heat for the full game once um, Jimmy Butler's actually ruled out, if he is ruled out. But I would be watching – Spo and Thibs go at it and see who adjusts more. Um, I'm assuming that Thibs will come out with something that Spo hasn't seen, and then I'm interested to see how Spo adjusts to that. So uh, give me the Knicks first quarter, first half, and the Heat full game whenever they rule Jimmy Butler out, if that happens. Also, the 9-9 regular season record without Jimmy is a bit misleading because I'm assuming Hero played in a lot of those games, and now Hero's also out. Um, I mean, I probably can filter it. I think think he's like... um, I think Hero was in maybe like half of them because uh, he had his, he had his injury designations. I didn't filter it out, but um, I just know my that. Po- he, my point both- is that helps cushion the blow in some of those oh, spots. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's my point. Yeah. But. Uh, all right, so it's clearly the Knicks here bust. <laughs> it, it's it's the Knicks here bust, and I went on record saying, and I said this already, that I felt like Julius Randle was going to him and him being in the a series and being effective was the reason why I really wasn't concerned about losing game one so much so that I actually bet the Knicks to lose game one and win the series. And what price you get on that? Plus four seventy five. But I saw some people that actually got five to one. So, um, I so I have a, a Knicks plus four seventy five to win the series ticket in my pocket. When you think about, let's travel back in time. And what was the issue for the Knicks the first time around when they played the Hawks in the playoffs? And Julius Randle was the sole anchor of the team. When he got the double team, when the Hawks put pressure on him, he didn't have anywhere else to go to the ball. It was either, you know, he turned it over or he had to just try to kind of find to make it work, but he didn't have that option. Now, the reason that Jalen Brunson was brought in for this situation right here when you have a team, when you have a scrappy team like the Miami Heat and you and you want to go different places with the ball, you need that other option for Julius Randle. Because if Julius Randle, if you're giving me a one-on-one matchup, I'll take him against anybody in the Miami Heat. I'm not going to lie to you. Ju has just found that way to improve his offensive game that much. However, now if you start to bring a little help, if you start worrying about what Jalen Brunson is doing on the other side, if Emmanuel quickly can show up to the playoffs for the first time, this whole playoff run – then offensively, that's when the Knicks start clicking a little more. Grimes hits open shots. Hart hits open shots. Like, it was a lot of open shots that were really, really, like, really, really folding over the course of time. And so I, I, I'm i on this spot where I think the Knicks are fine. I don't think that – I'm not saying that they're about to go out here and run away with it, but y'all are giving the Miami Heat a little bit too much credit for – 
about five games of work here and they played one tough series like they played and dominated that last series but this is a brand new series i'm not going to sit here and say the miami heat are just about to roll over and dominate the new york knicks this is a great spot for the home team i'm on knicks first half i think the knicks come out with a whole bunch of energy and ultimately i think it carries for the rest of the game so yeah give me the new york knicks here new york knicks for the full game new york knicks for the first half that's my play let's slide over to the total is anybody not taking the under I'm trying to think if Miami is Miami still going to play super fast if Butler's yeah. out of the lineup. Like yeah, I don't know what Miami's too. going to do. Yeah, that's my thing too. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm with you, Scott. So I, I don't know. Um, I'll let you expand on that a little bit, and I'll just. I like Miami team total under. I know it worked in Game Five against Milwaukee, but I am not trusting to run my entire offense through Bam Adebayo. Like I, that is not a t- a type of offense I'd be confident in taking it over with. I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to lean to the under. Now, I am going to push back a little bit. I don't think the Knicks' offense is that good. Uh, We saw it in the Cleveland series and even in game one. They're really a stagnant bunch, which isn't that surprising because Thibodeau's entire career, he's had pretty underwhelming offenses. But I don't think Butler's going to play. If he does once again, I don't think he's going to be that effective. So I'm going to lean to the under, I guess, because I don't trust either offense. But I will defend the Heat a little bit. You could say that they dominated one series. It was against the best team in the league record-wise. Like, they looked really good. But once again, if Butler was playing and he was healthy, I would lean to Miami. But this is such a golden opportunity for the Knicks. They have to show up in this game. They're, they're basically being handed game two on a platter, saying, listen, Butler might not play. Brunson probably is going to play. Maybe Randall plays too. You have to win this game. I think the Knicks show up, and I think they win this game comfortably. But it's also—it's mostly based on the Butler injury. He's that important to this team. And with no hero and maybe no Butler, once again, if Adebayo has a massive game and somehow finds a way to cover, good on him. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll link to the next. A lot of Bam shots on this podcast, man. Bam is Am a- I wrong? Bro, you see come a lot on. Of- like, y'all, like, y'all are not about come to sit on, up man. here and try to cap for Bam. Like, Bam, Bam had one of the I'll, I'll give Bam every props. single game. Like, you are not going to do that, bro. For, for the this, is a lot, this is a lot of Bam slander, bro. For the second half against Milwaukee, I'll give him props in game five. Act like you he dream had, on ended somebody. up with a triple double somehow. JR is the biggest heater supporter in the chat, and he has not said a thing about Bam legitly. <laughs> Anything he said about Bam, he's put LOL right afterwards. I'm he just thinks saying, that Kevin Love and, and Caleb Martin are going to have a bigger impact than Bam Adebayo. That's definitely false because Bam at least plays defense. When it comes to Bam, though, he was great in the second half of game five against Milwaukee. He had a 20-point triple double. Having said that, he only had three points in the entire first half and then suddenly woke up in the, in the fourth quarter of that game. I think Bam's fine. I don't trust him as a number one option on an offense, and I think that's going mean, to be the problem he runs into. I ain't, I ain't saying that. Well, that's my point. I don't trust Bam being the main offensive focal point, and once again, I don't think Butler's going to play. So that's also a big part of my handicap here. There's too many times that I just see everybody talk about how they bet Bam and then they're on he Twitter. Comes up short. They're on Twitter and they're using memes that are like, oh, I bet Bam or what is Bam doing? All of this. Like, Couple of China I just, you know, posts in there every now and I, I would actually be very interested to see how many times has Bam cashed his prop for people. I would be very, very, very interested. To see I don't trust him rebounding against uh, Mitchell Robinson. I'll tell you that much. All right. 
so we're all i mean it's a game two under come on guys like so we're all on the under props and since you talked about mitchell robson i'll go ahead and and add it i think mitchell robson has a good day today i think he dominates the boards he offensive rebounds defensive rebounds i think he really really crashes glass i think with brunson they they work on that pick and roll a little bit more he gets some easy dunks easy looks and i I, i'm gonna sprinkle on a mitchell robinson double double here today i think he's really gonna have a big impact in this game where the knicks find other ways to score the basketball like i don't think the knicks are are bad offensively i think that they ran into a defensive monster in cleveland and you know you give give uh the heat I'll give the heat props where it's due in the fact of their defense has been a lot better uh over this run. But I don't think that they're inept offensively at all. I think that this is the day they wake the game they wake up and it carries for the rest of the series. I don't have a pro I I was looking for a I think oh plus three thirty. Plus three thirty on that double double for Mitch Robson. I'm not sure what props I can even consider with all the questionable injury tags, but I like Robinson rebounds, as you said before. I'm going to back the quote-unquote questionable player. I'll go with Brunson over his points, potentially 30-plus if the line's up. He played well, uh, except for the three-point shooting. He went 0 for 7 from 3. I think he'll shoot better than that. I'm still not sure Miami has a guy that could actually stay in front of him. I think Brunson has a better game. Do I dare give out an R.J. Barrett over? That's that's the problem I'm in right now because I've been so anti, but he's been he's been good for the last couple games in a row for, at this point. And the Heat did a really bad job of actually guarding him. I might actually lean to a to a Barrett over here. Uh, I, I'm trying to think who'd even guard him at this point. Butler's out. Vincent, who are you going to use? Vincent was throwing him Martin anyway. in there, maybe. No, Vincent was guarding him anyway when Butler. Vincent was, there. was guarding him. Like, okay, yeah. he clearly didn't do a great Brunson. job because Barrett was one of the only guys in the Knicks to show up consistently for the entire game. Yeah, I probably be tempted been, by a Barrett over too. Yeah, he had been doing straight during the regular season, but yeah, RJ flamed him out um, in that first game. Uh, I'll add on to Brunson. I like his points and assists over 30 and a half. I was kind of, I was with you, Scott, want to take him for the points, but the ankle injury kind of scared me off of it a little bit. So I'll lessen the blow with 30 and a half points and assists. Um, I mean, he looked good late in the game once he got comfortable and they started doing a middle pick and roll. But early on, you know, the Heat were making him take the long three, the long twos, long contested twos and forcing him to take threes. And he kind of adjusted. It was adjusting in the second half and got him a little more downhill. Was on some post-ups on occasion with Laurie and Struess. So I would expect a similar game from him if that ankle is, is better. And I would expect him to be more facilitator also um, in this role, uh, a pivotal game. So I like Max Struess over 10.5 points. Uh, Jimmy averaged around 14 shots per game. Struess struggled in the playoffs so far. Uh, it's a perfect time for him to get going. I mean, they're going to need some some of those shots to fall. He basically missed some easy, wide-open shots, and he still shot 50% um, from the field. Uh, he's shooting 40% for the playoffs, averaging about 3.3 uh, field goal attempts per game. I had his under in that game five against Milwaukee and cashed in overtime. He just hasn't shot the ball enough, but the volume yeah. should yeah, be he, here. Yeah, he's, he's getting there as far as like efficiency, but he's just not shooting the ball. Um, enough, but I think he has to with Butler out, so I like him over 10 and a half points. Oh, I, I forgot to mention, I got to take Vincent threes. The amount of attempts he had in game one, I, I got to take Vincent threes here. He might jack up another 10. I feel like Vincent should be one of the main, I'd say, shot guys for this team moving forward, whether Bowers in or out. But 
Once again, Vincent for volume alone should get a decent amount of shots. If you want to pivot to Duncan Robinson, you can maybe look at him. I think that he peaked in that Milwaukee series. I have not seen him play well in playoff basketball consistently enough for me to trust him. And Robinson was really bad in game one. I have to mention Vincent threes because the volume in game one was crazy. Maybe Lowry threes as well. I don't mind Lowry steals and blocks as well. Defensively, he was nuts in game one. I think he had four blocks in the second half. As crazy as that sounds, but I don't mind Lowry steals and blocks too. He was great defensively in that first game. All right. Uh, I am actually on a Kyle Lowry prop, not the shooting one, but steals and blocks, like I said. No. Uh, I am on Kyle Lowry over four and a half assists at plus money, plus 105. I see that right now. He averages 6.3 assists without Jimmy Butler and looking at the game log of games that he actually got over 10 minutes two eight four nine six six five nine eight so i feel fairly confident with kyle Lowry being able to step in keep the offense flowing and the heat sharing moving the ball around getting and he's finding open shooters so I like kyle Lowry, and i like the bench guys for the knicks one because i think the knicks are going to run away with it at some point but uh i think that they step up quickly looks better and he'll 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 have a better game i expect to see that grimes i'll be on grimes threes because he just missed too many open looks for me he had a bunch of grime uh, open looks that last game and kind of missed them or uh it's one in particular that was really really bad that pissed me off and then josh hart missed another one so uh, i like the threes for the knicks as well so i'll probably be on some three props but other than that all right anything else for this game on quickly you think he wakes up in this game yeah I, i just said i like quickly today just based on what you think game flow just because they blow them out i mean they, they're they're me? back they're still at home and i'm just gonna r- roll with the quickly hasn't had a good like a quickly game this entire playoff series i know he's looking to get going and he just need he has to shoot himself into the game like if he starts the game off rough you have to let him shoot himself into the game <laughs> and he hasn't gotten the opportunity to do that in the playoffs thus far because once he starts looking bad, Tibbs just kind of pulls him. So uh, if they play to him and just allow him to shoot himself back into the game if he starts off rough, then he's going to have a pretty nice day. But I think we disagree on why he's struggling a little bit. I think he, he can't get much worse, so I think we can agree on that. But it feels like he's pressing. It feels like he is either so annoyed at the minutes that he's getting or he thinks he should play more that he feels like he constantly has to prove himself every single minute of the game and he thinks that he has to through shooting the ball, it feels like he just forces everything at this point. He's not letting anything flow into the actual offense. It seems like he's forcing the issue a lot. I think he needs to be more patient, in my opinion. It just feels like he's so thrilled to be actually playing that he's chucking up a bunch of shots, which might be ill-advised, and he doesn't really have a gear. It seems kind of like pool, where he has to play at 100 miles an hour. Just needs to slow it down pick his spots, and make contributions. But it really feels like he's forcing the issue every possession because he feels like he's afraid of getting pulled every minute of the game. That's how I feel when I watch him play. Have you felt the same way? No. You, Delonte. <laughs> Delonte, you feel the same way? About quickly? It just feels like he's forcing everything, like he's pressing. Yeah, I mean, he is. I mean, but that's just how, that's just how he plays, though. I mean, just, yeah, when, it's like, going, that just when it's going in, it's going in. I mean, that's just yeah. how he plays. But I, I agree that he kind of is trying to – he's trying to get it going by taking unnecessarily tough shots. I mean, he already takes tough shots. But, I mean, that's just how he plays. Now, some of the things 
probably you just got to live with because he can make those. He's just not making them right now. Um, and but I do can I can see your point as far as him being forceful because I mean you got guys that are stepping up. I mean Grimes came in, he had a couple big shots. Uh, Josh Hart didn't shoot the ball well, but what he does defensively and how he's able to stay in the rotation as far as um, getting downhill and being able to be a screener and physical in the paint. I mean. He's got to compete with that stuff. So if he's not making shots, I'm not sure if he'll be in the rotation. So I think he's, I think that's kind of in his head. And he's like, I got to make some shots some way or another. And mm-hmm. then he's passing up easy ones. Like I see him take two, pass up two wide open shots for a step back contested three, which is horrible. Like, so some of that stuff is probably just in his head. But I mean, I guess to a certain degree, I do uh, agree with you. Though. I'll take it. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Los Angeles Lakers traveling to play the Golden State Warriors. Warriors are a four and a half point favorite at home. Uh, opened up at four and a half line for the total. Opened up at two twenty eight. So now down to two twenty seven and a half. It looks like. Let me make sure that's just updated. Refresh. Yeah, two twenty seven and a half just went down. Uh, injury report for these two, and we have oh crap, where'd it go? No, where'd it go? Oh, all right, well, let's just pull that back up. Do, 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 do. And we have for the Los Angeles Lakers, Mo Bamba is questionable, and for the Warriors, Patrick Baldwin Jr. is questionable. Yeah, that's about it. Expect basically full staff for both of these two teams. All right. Alante, we'll go over to you first this time. Lakers versus the Warriors getting laying four and a half with the Warriors at home. Yeah, I'm kind of indifferent here on, on this one as well. Um, I, I guess it's a rust versus rest thing with uh, the Lakers being off like extra. I think it was two days, right, if I'm not mistaken, Scott? Two days that they were off more than the uh, Warriors? Uh, I believe they won the series on Friday night and the Warriors won their series on Sunday. Yeah. So, yeah, extra two days. Um, And, you know, the Warriors got to deal with that emotion of a game seven. They made it look easy late. But I mean, all those emotions and energy that they expensed in that game, it it can't be overlooked. Um, LeBron's hasn't had success against Steph in game ones. Uh, He's never won a game one versus a Steph led team. Um, So I can make a case for both sides. I'm probably going to end up on Golden State in some fashion just because I think that they're. Oh, and I'm sorry. Can can you repeat the Steph led? thing that you said before can you just repeat that for a second well lebron never won a game one versus stiff does that include what but curry led does that include durant does that not include come on like two of those series two of those series is with kevin durant are you including jr dribbling the clock out in a tie game like what are we talking about here like if if george hill makes that free throw are we having this conversation a a win is a win man he hasn't he hasn't won he hasn't won a game against okay just saying curry led. i mean i can't say i can't say kd those meetings but okay i can't say kd because kd's not on the team so steph is on the team so hey you gotta you said Steph play. led. I'm just saying that's a conversation in itself, but okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, well, I can't say KD led because he's not on the team. So you, okay. I'll just say I mean, I'll just say LeBron never won a game one against the Warriors. That okay, Warriors? that's a better way of saying it. Okay. Yeah. So he's never won a game one against the Warriors. He he essentially doesn't uh take game one serious. I mean, not he's not trying to win, but it's more of a filling out process. So I think the Golden State has an advantage on the wing. I think their their guards and their movement will give the Lakers trouble. Um, Anthony Davis inside. I mean, I don't know. He he's not going to be consistent. I mean, we've seen him get outplayed by Xavier Tillman on like one and a half occasion, one and a half games. Um, 
He's probably going to offensively. Gonna get, he'll bring it yeah, defensively every year. Yeah, yeah, off, yeah, offense. I mean, defensively, he's always going to be there. I mean, that's that's never going to be a factor. But just consistently playing well, like high level basketball on both sides of the ball, AD has trouble doing that, and he's going to get beat up physically and mentally by Looney and Draymond. Draymond's going to be let him hear it. Uh, Looney's going to be physical with him. So who knows how many times he's going to hit the floor? So essentially, I'm leaning to the Golden State side, thinking that their guards and their uh, and they'll get more from their guards in this matchup. Uh, you know, the Warriors, they I, – I just don't – I don't think that the Lakers' guards will be able to keep up with them. That's essentially what I'm leaning on in this series. So, give me Golden State, land the four. You want to go next? you want me to go next? No, go ahead. I'm going to go with the Lakers in game one. I think it's a terrible scheduling spot for the Warriors. Uh, they had to play in game six at home uh, on Friday. Then they had to play again on the road on Sunday – Curry drops 50, plays 40-plus minutes. They have one day off, and the Lakers have been chilling since Friday. It's a massive rest advantage for the Lakers. I I just think that the series is going to be a war. I think the series goes seven. I think they're going to kill each other. But for game one, if you're going to give me four and a half points with a a team that has a lot more rest, and the Warriors, once again, had to play a lot of guys a lot of minutes on Sunday. I'd say travel is not a factor because it's Sacramento compared to Golden State, but still – I'm going to link to the Lakers in game one. I'm really concerned about the the actual spot for the Warriors with all those starters playing all those minutes on Sunday and having one day off. I think it's a really good spot for the Lakers. I'm going to take the Lakers plus the points. All right. Um... Series is up in the air once again, but for the game one, I like the spot for L.A. Yeah, the only thing that I feel comfortable in the series is that this series goes under. I think everybody has the mindset you have, Scott, of this is going to be a war. But wait, honestly, do you, you mean games or actual individual under, game totals? Under, under no, it goes under games. Like oh, under so you think one team kills games. the other team? Yes, it's okay. either Steve Kerr outcoaches the fuck out of Darvin Ham, and Darvin <laughs> Ham is unable to make any type of adjustments to the series, or. The Lakers are just flat out better. And what we saw from the Warriors was, you know, them just the veteranship of them being able to go up against a, you know, an experienced team. Yeah, an experienced team. And whereas the Lakers, they have the experience, they have the athletes, they have everything that it takes to go toe to toe with Golden State. So I think I just think it goes under. I'm not certain which one of those two sides actually topples the other but i'm almost positive this is like a five game series regardless so uh with this one i'm taking the points if i'm going back wait a second you have the warriors killing him in the series but you're gonna take the lakers win the points. no i just i didn't say that did you not hear anything i just said i I thought you just said that you just said steve coach circles around no i said said what i said was what i said was is i said i felt like it was a short series either steve kerr coaches i didn't hear the either out of my bad i didn't hear the yeah yeah either steve kerr out coaches darvin ham and they make no adjustments and the warriors roll over them or the Lakers, who are probably just a better team and have the experience, just beat them. Like just, okay, I didn't, I didn't hear the don't... either part. I just heard Steve Kerr's going to outcoach them. I'm like, oh, so you have the Warriors. Okay, my bad. I missed. No, that. no, yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm on. I think it's a five game series. I would actually just bet the series to end in five games. I think one way or another, this is a five game series. Uh, I just haven't decided who I think is going to have the edge, and because I haven't decided that, I'm going to take the points and. 
I'm going to just roll with the points in this game. It's a little, you know, a little bit expected here that this line is this big with how good the Warriors have been at home. But again, you try to tell people the playoffs are a whole different monster. Like this home road thing really, really doesn't matter as much as you think in the playoffs. They got a, a win in game one against the Memphis on the road. I think that they can come in here and really throw some different things that the Warriors didn't see in that series a lot bigger, a lot bigger bodies and really dominate the rebounding. Uh, we'll see what they do against their guard play of the Warriors and how that's going if Jordan Poole is able to come off the bench and add a spark for them. So uh, I, I think that the Lakers just kind of match up well, and they have a win over this team without LeBron James as well. So I think that they – the, the Lakers, I mean, the regular season doesn't really matter for the head-to-head, but didn't the Lakers kill them in the head-to-head in the regular season? Three to one. Um, it, it doesn't was, matter just yeah, based on how the playoffs have gone, but still. Yeah. And one of the games was without um, – like. The, the very first game of the season. So, yeah, yeah. So the uh, Golden State won the first game, and then the Lakers rolled off the last three. But both of those, like, there's so many fluctuation with the lineups. Like, I think one of those yeah. Lakers wins was without Steph and and without. Le- I know the one that they AD led them and they beat the uh, beat Golden State. That was without LeBron. Steph played in that one. I think a couple of these Steph didn't play. So it's very, it's a lot of tinkering. I can't really look too too much at it, but. I expect to see. I I think it's going to be a good game. Like I think it's going to be a good game. It's going to come down to the wire. So I'll just take the points. Give me the Lakers. I th- I think the one thing I didn't I wasn't on the show yesterday when you did your series preview for it. But the one takeaway that I feel like most people knew, but I have to at least bring up from that game seven win against the Kings. We know Curry's a legend. That's a given. Looney showed up. He did his part. He had a little bit of Wiggins in there, had some foul trouble, and Draymond did classic Draymond things. Offensively was okay, but defensively was solid. Do they have any depth scoring at all on this team? Poole was borderline unplayable in the first series. Kaminga barely played. They didn't – Clay. look, Clay better thank Curry for a long time because he went four for 19 in a game seven and nobody's going to talk about it. Let's assume that the Lakers double Curry – they make some adjustments. They don't let him go off for 40 in a game. Do you have faith in the supporting cast for Golden State to step up? Because their main option, their X factor is Jordan Poole. And I, I definitely don't, don't trust Poole in the playoffs at this point. They said he's played this season. Do, do you just... like their depth? Like, I don't think Golden State has much depth. And I feel like not enough people are talking about it. I mean, they don't. But who the hell do the Lakers have depth-wise? I think they have a. I think they have a better bench than the Warriors do. So, if you want so to who you going Rui? After Rui, who are you going with? Well, you can make an argument that Russell on occasion can have a decent game. He's starting though. Russell's starting. Yeah, I was going to say, but you can. I mean, Reeves. Like we're just talking depth wise as far as like bench. So we going. So they, they play Rui, Troy Brown. They don't play Beasley. Beasley so, might get some minutes in the series. We'll see. Yeah, I think he should. But I'm saying they don't like just. From get from series one, like he didn't play at all. So yeah, that's fair. Good. I'm just saying, I feel like the Lakers have a couple of guys who can step up on maybe an individual game. I'm not sure Golden State has that. Golden State had to lean into the veterans heavy in the first round because the young guys did nothing. Moody had a couple of moments here and there as the series went on, but Poole gave them nothing. DiVincenzo basically got flat out benched in game seven. He barely played. <laughs> I, I just think that the it's Warriors bench I, is going to be a problem in this series. So I think it's a better series for them. For all those I didn't mention I didn't mention my series breakdown and who I'm picking. I'm picking the Lakers. I'll pick them in six or seven. But that Warriors depth really concerns me because the Kings series showed the Kings bench outplayed them the entire series. It really wasn't even close. 
I'm concerned about the Warriors bench throughout the series. I'm just going to throw it out there. I mean, I don't, I don't think the Lakers have a bench to be on. I think they have some guys, but I mean, they don't play. I mean, outside of Rui, that first three games, I mean, he came back down to earth a little bit, and he's not. Making I'm not shots. saying the Lakers bench is amazing. I just think that if you're looking at the guys that on both benches, I think I have more faith in the Lakers bench than Golden State's. But it's kind of like a lesser of two evils there. I really don't like either unit. But Curry, okay, let's stick with the superstars then. You have LeBron and AD. Assuming AD no shows half the game. <laughs> I can't wait to this question. <laughs> let's assume that AD no shows half the games offensively, and he's still going to average 20 and change. LeBron's probably going to average 25 to 30. Curry's going to average 30. What are you getting from Clay in the series? Do you trust Clay? I don't I trust do. Clay. And, and this, like, it's, it's just ma- it's just matchup based. Like, I, I don't, I think it, this is a better matchup for Clay than it is than it was against Sacramento. I think Sacramento was more athletic. They were deeper at the at the two three guard spot. Uh, I don't, he had I don't do, know about that. He had to do. He had to do more in the league. Like, he had to do. Yeah, I mean they did. But <laughs> they had they had to do more. He had to do more against those guys defensively. He's not going to have to expend a lot of energy defensively. I mean, who the hell is he going to guard? D'Lo. Reeves. So, you, so you're saying you think Clay struggles offensively, or because he was using a lot of energy on the defensive end in the first series? That's your point. I, I think that I think that's a cause of it. Yeah, I mean, Desmond Bain scored 21 a game and had two 30 point games against the Lakers. I'm just saying, yeah, Bain also shot terribly from three, which is all Clay does. But still, I mean, he's, the way that I'm look, the way that I'm looking at it, I don't trust Clay at all. I've roasted Clay the entire season. Yeah, he I was solid it. for the early portion of the Kings series. But as he went on, he became increasingly, increasingly more of a liability. And I don't trust him. I trust AD and LeBron more than Curry and Clay at this point. Curry, I think, is the best player in the series at this point in their careers. I can't trust Clay. And if you don't have a good number two option, I have a hard time picking you in what could be a coin flip series. So once again, that was my series breakdown. Give me the Lakers in game one. Sorry if I went on a bit, but I'm going with the Lakers in game one. I'd be interested to see if they go small this series. They is and, in the Warriors and, or the Lakers? Yeah, in the Warriors. I'd be interested to see if they go small and employ the death lineup and really just try to run the score up. Like, for, What just is say, their death lineup now, though? I mean, no, it's still the death lineup is still the death lineup. Doesn't like, Looney it, have to be on the court, though, at this point because of how good he is rebounding? Like, Don't they have to reinvent the death no, lineup? And pull no, no, just in? say – I mean, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. I think that you're – because you're not, you're not looking to control possession. You're, just, you're saying, I don't care about rebounds because we're going to make every shot. <laughs> and, you know, we're going to give ourselves the best offensive – like, the best offensive opportunity, so – I, I think this year Looney has to be in the closing lineup because he's just that good on the boards. I think that you need to use Looney, but I don't know if they can go small. What are you going to do with AD? And that's what I'm, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like I'd be interested to see if they just say, I mean, if AD really like, is Looney going to stop AD and LeBron? No. So it's like, no, if, he's not help it, on the if he's not getting the stops, if he's not getting the stops, then why not just employ the death lineup? And that way we're going to match them point for point all the way. So I'm I'm interested. I think that towards like we could see this become a in terms of totals, this series get over, over, over. So uh all right. Team, I think these teams are gonna kill each other. I'm just leaning to the Lakers because I think that they will be able to wear down the Warriors physically over the course of the series. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. Yeah, and I agree with you. And Delonte's on the Warriors. All right. What so you so you are taking the Lakers in the end? I'm 
Yeah, yeah, I did. I picked the Lakers because okay, they were plus money. Said, you I, just said five honestly, games. I wasn't sure. Okay. Yeah, no, no. So I mean, I just don't feel like I'm not. I don't have a bet on the series. I have a bet on the under, but I don't have a bet on the series because I just don't know exactly which way it's going to go. But here, I was just going to take the dog regardless. So if Golden State yeah. was the dog, I was going to take the Golden State. Like I was going to take the, the dog in the series, whoever it was. This and, line really feels off though, just for game one. Are you not concerned at all about the rest disadvantage for Golden State? It's a horrible spot, right? Yeah, it is. And that's why I'm on the Lakers, too. Partial reason I'm on the Lakers. Like, I think it is a bad spot. I think that they're probably just getting this bump because they're so good at home. But Yeah, I, I get it. It's just I, I think it's a terrible scheduling spot. Is there a chance that Kerr maybe doesn't push the starters full force in game one because they're exhausted from game seven? They I would not be surprised. Guys. I don't know. I would not be surprised to see Steph get back on his regular rest routine. We saw, we heard him say in game seven, if you caught that point in game seven, where he was like, hey, I'll call a timeout just for you to get a break. Like, but I need you out there. And he straight up said, like, you're not sitting down. So if you need a break, let me know. I'll call a timeout and you can get your rest and then we can go put you right back out there. So I expect to see Steph come back to his regular rest schedule that he's been used to playing for Steve Kerr all this, all this time. But we talked enough about this. Let's go to the total, 227.5. Delonte. Yeah, I like the under. Um, I mean, the, the rest and rust thing plays another part. I uh, mentioned that earlier, and I think that, you know, it's perfect for an under. Lakers don't want to get into a track meet with the Warriors. They want to slow it down and play a lower position, low-tempo game, which allows them to, you know, pound the ball into AD. Uh, Golden State struggled in the half court against the wor- like the worst defense in the half court in the Kings. So I'm not sure how much they want to push and, and get out in transition due to the, I guess, the short rest that they had. But – I think that's the best recipe for the uh, recipe for them just long-term, but in this game, I think they will be more slow paced. So three to four matchups went under in the regular season. I know that's, you know, kind of, it's not, it doesn't mean as much, but the the totals were in the mid two twenties. So I think Golden state slows it down a little bit in the first game. And I think the Lakers play in a half court set also. So I like the under. All right, Scott. I love the under two. Uh, if I'm going to lean to the Lakers, I'm going to lean to the under because I just think that the Warriors might be exhausted from game seven. Emotionally, they also have to refresh everything to another series. I think that definitely might hurt them early on. It's also just based on what I saw. I'm not going to overreact to one game, but Friday night, I know the Grizzlies offensively aren't great and the Warriors are a much better offensive team. That was one of the best defensive performances I've seen in a long time. The Lakers defensively, when they're fully engaged, might be the best defensive team in the league. And AD, when healthy, might be the best defensive player in the league. Like, I think that whatever they did in that first half, especially against the Grizzlies, I had not seen something like that all year long. That was a clinic defensively. Vanderbilt's got a length. He'll be able to, he'll try to chase Curry around. You can't stop him. But I do think his extra length might make shots a bit more difficult because he's going to have to shoot over him. So that might help out, too. I'm going to lean under. The Lakers have a gear defensively that I kind of like compared to most teams, and I think as a result, you get a lower scoring game. So I'm going to lean to the under. You think they can do that against Golden State? I didn't say they'd be able to for a full series, but I do think that the Lakers can give the Warriors a lot of different looks, which the Warriors might need a game or two to adjust to. I think the Warriors can really torch anybody if their guys hit shots. But I think if the Lakers force the ball out of Curry's hands 
and they dare the supporting cast to make shots, I have my doubts. So I'm going to lean to the under, especially in game one. I think it's a feel-out process early on. Yeah, I'm on under. All right, props. Scott, what are you looking at? Uh, For props, I'm going to start off with 80 points and rebounds. I think it's a big AD game. It's game one of a series. I think he'll be engaged. Game two, maybe not so much, but offensively, I'll I'll have faith in him to show up. I think he's going to have to battle in the glass with Looney, and I think he'll probably do relatively well in that spot. Besides that, uh, looking at some other props here, I actually am going to lean to D'Angelo Russell threes in this game. Uh, he was very good in the closeout game against Memphis. Maybe you could argue a revenge game for for a D'Lo in the spot against the Warriors. I'm like half kidding in that spot. <laughs> but I am, but I am going to lean to D'Angelo threes here. LeBron, I think, is going to do his classic LeBron game one shtick where he draws a lot of attention, isn't very aggressive early on, gets a bunch of assists, and tries to take over the second half. That's what I'm expecting LeBron to do is what he's done in game one's entire career. I think he'll take a back seat once again in the first half. He'll facilitate. We'll see what Golden State's trying to do defensively. And I think that D'Lo gets some shots. So I'll go with D'Lo threes. I think he might have a decent first half in particular. All right. No, I'd say. What do you like? I'm going with Jordan Poole over 12 and a half points. Kind of a disrespectful line. Um, it is disrespectful, but I understand it. You know, uh, kind of disrespectful, but I mean, Dylan. So just to put it into perspective, Dylan Brooks averaged 10 and a half on the Lakers. And, and he shot nowhere, like 20% from the floor. <laughs> he's, but he's nowhere near as talented as, as Poole is, like offensively. So I know it didn't look good against Sacramento, but they, despite the bad metrics, like uh, defensive metrics, you know, Sacramento had at least multiple defenders to throw up pool to take him out of rhythm. Um, at home, he averages 21 on 43 and 35 shooting splits. Against the Lakers this year, he averaged 17. And, you know, even though he didn't shoot it well, he was still able to get over this number like three out of the four games. So the Lakers, they struggle with opposing guards. They've always done so this whole season. I believe – I think Poole is probably hungry to prove he can still light it up. So give me him over 12 and a half. And continuing with the guard uh, – Thing. I'm going to go with Clay over 22 and a half. Uh, he didn't have it offensively against the Kings, um, which is part of the reason Steph had to go for 50 to win the game. I know we talked about it earlier. Do you know? Uh, do you know how many uh, shots Clay made in Game Seven? Well, I know he. I know in the last two games he was. I'm <laughs> surprised nobody made that joke on Twitter. I was sitting there the entire time. <laughs> he went four for 19. It was rough. It was so bad watching him play. That was so bad. And anyway, yeah, so I wanted to make a four joke because it kind of just popped into my head. But anyway, you can continue. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah but uh, I mean, I just think that he's going to he's gonna light the Lakers up all series. So um, they got a lot to be desired on the – Bain was killing him, two 30-point games. Uh, he only averaged 19 in the regular season, but, you know, he didn't have a full complement of players, so more of the defense was shaded on him. Uh, so I think he has a big series and takes some pressure off of Curry. So I like him over 22 and a half. All right. Scott alluded to it, but he didn't do it. I'm doing it. LeBron James over five and a half assists, people. Let's go down the list of game ones for LeBron in his career. This last series, he had five assists. 10, 9, 12, 7, 16, 8, 9, 13, 12, 8, 7. Oh, 4. Okay, finally. Where was that? That was uh, back in 2017 against the Raptors. 
And he, he would have had more than five in game one against Memphis, but they couldn't stop a Reeves 80 pick and roll. So LeBron just stood in the corner the entire fourth quarter. He would have gone over. Yeah. Realistic. So I'm there. This is probably my favorite play of the day. And I mean, I'm all over LeBron James' assist today. <laughs> it's also the Warriors. And a half. You know, LeBron's going to yeah. take it extra personal. He's going to have the ball in his hands. He's going to get these guys to the right spots. And they're going to come out here. And like you said, they're rested. So these guys are going to be hitting shots early on. And that's when LeBron's going to be looking to find them. So, all right. Let's get a first half cash for LeBron James' assist today. LeBron triple-double? You interested? Mm, yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? I mean, he should he should get there on the rebounds. So, what is that? 14-1? It's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, LeBron double-double minus 125 is... It feels uh, really easy, but... Uh, what else here? What else do I like on this slate? I actually do like Clay. I, I think... <laughs> But what? Even though I, I think he makes it at least the same amount of threes that he oh, at least the same amount of shots that he made in game seven. He makes those threes today at the very least. And so ultimately, who is the person to fade? Like there's got to be some and maybe we got to wait and fill out. I really don't. But there's got to be somebody to fade in this series. I think it'll probably fade Wiggins because he's going to spend so much energy guarding LeBron on defense. But yeah. Under seven, I got. I got to assume Wiggins right. is going to guard LeBron, right? Average yeah. twenty one against uh against like in career games against LeBron twenty one really twenty one point three. Yep, didn't know that. Yep, he went over six of nine as a Laker over that over this point total. He's seventeen and a half, right? Yeah, yeah, he went over six of nine at, with LeBron okay. as a Laker. Didn't know minus that. Okay. minus one thirty on the over, so juice is theirs leaning that way. Oh, Darrell's uh, asking a good question. Who's the refs for tonight? Um, I doubt it's I just, Scott Foster because he was the Game 7 guy, so I'm assuming they're resting him for today. No, nah, actually it is. It's Foster, Blair, and Lindsey. That's that's the Knicks game. Uh, they're using it, Mark Oh, Davis yeah, yeah, no, it is the Knicks game. Yeah, game. it is. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. They weren't going to give him back-to-back Warriors games. So they got Mark Davis, uh, Ed Malloy. Hey, Scott Foster been getting some work. I feel like I've seen him ref like five games already. He's getting they wanted to expect They wanted to extend the series. The Knicks got to tie it to 1-1. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else? Do you go back to 80 blocks and steals or no? Because the Warriors are just going to jack up a bunch of threes. Mm. Warriors do turn the ball over a lot, though. Yeah. Are those steals or are those out-of-bounds turnovers? I don't have the bright down, but it feels like half their turnovers, they just chuck into the fifth row. <laughs> Doesn't it feel that way? Yeah. No, it I, feel uh, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. But they're still going to go inside. Yeah, I would go with blocks and steals. Is that plus money? I'll check. I'm assuming it's at what? Two and a half? Three and a half? It's got to be at two and a half. Because his, know, his steals are at one and a half. Two and a half on its own. His steals is at one and a half. Oh, wow. No, that's at four and a half. Steals four and, and a half. Okay. I thought it might be Oh, three yeah. No, nah, I'm good on that. Because yeah, I don't okay. know if he's going to get there on the blocks. I'll just take his steals. I like steals at over one and a half at plus 144. That, that sounds pretty solid to me. I had to look into that more, though. All right. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and move over to Lock and Dog. Delonte, I'll let you go first, sir. Lock and Dog for the slate. Yeah, for the Lock, I'm going with Clay over 22.5 points. For the Dog, I'm going with Jordan Poole, 20+. plus. You can get like 5-1, to 6-1 to one if you shop around. So I'm going with that as the Dog. 
I respect okay. you taking Clay as your lock. I disagree, but I respect you, you know, sticking to it. I, I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't know if you, I watch a lot of the Lakers play. And I watch a lot of the Lakers in the regular season. They just, this is a Clay series. Because we'll, we'll you're a Lakers fan. I mean, I'm just saying, like, we'll, no, it's because, it's because Pause you're it. a Lakers fan. Like, like <laughs> we got to throw that part in there. You just watch a lot of your games because you're a fan. Yeah, I mean, so uh, I got a good handle on, on them and, and kind of what they do. But I think it's a Clay series. I think Clay and Poole have a field day. So we'll see. I mean, it's only, if, if they do, it only it's only one game. So You think Clay and Poole have a field day? Okay. Yep. Yep, I do. All right. Scott? So I'm torn between either taking the Knicks or taking the LeBron assist because I do like the five and a half. But I'm going to go with the Knicks points. You got Scott Foster, the extender, uh, in game two. But it's mostly backing just the trend for the last couple of years, regardless of sport. If the home team loses game one, they tend to dominate game two. I'm going with the Knicks here. I don't think Butler's going to play. If he does, I think he's going to be a decoy. The Knicks need this game. Uh, Once again, they open up a massive lead in game one. They just fell apart down the stretch. I think they'll look better. I think Miami is going to be out of sorts offensively with Butler being a shell of his former self or just being on the bench in street clothes. Give me the Knicks minus the points in game two. I thought about maybe the first half, but nah, because you can get some three-point variance from the heat. Give me the Knicks uh, spread as my lock. And for my dog, give me the Lakers money line. I'm going to go with what my instincts tell me, which is the Warriors are in a bad scheduling spot. And I do think as a result, the Lakers might jump out and surprise them in game one. We know the Warriors aren't exactly afraid of dropping game one because they win a playoff. They win a road game in what, 28 straight playoff series? They're not going to panic in game one. It might be a feel out process, but I really don't like the scheduling spot for the Warriors having one day off after a game seven while the Lakers have been off since Friday. Give me the Lakers money line as my dog. All right. For me, they're going LeBron assists. I'm guessing. Yes, I am. LeBron assists minus one thirty, over five and a half assists. People didn't know. And for my dog, do I want to stick in the same game? I guess so. Man, if you're getting them assists, you got to drop it off to somebody. Hmm. AD, do you not fold in game one? The Lakers win. It's got to be off the back of AD, though, especially if Braun is being more passive. But yeah. Mm, yeah, let's do it. Anthony Davis, 30 plus points, plus 230. That is my two plays. Anything else for the people from either one of you before we get up out of here? I'm just looking forward to the Lakers-Warriors series. Regardless of betting, that's definitely the series that most people have circled. Is that the most anticipated like second-round series in a long time? Curry-LeBron in round two? Yeah, the ratings have to be through the roof on that series. Maybe. Yep. I think I think it's going to end just like they all did, minus the 16 series. So, uh, it's I, except the series that they lost as a th- up 3-1 games, this is going to go all the way to others, dude. <laughs> I, think, I just all think right. so, man. They, they don't – I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. People – I don't know. We'll see. I just – we'll see. Regardless of outcome, I just think it's going to be must-watch television. That's kind of my point. All right. Other than that, make sure you follow us on Twitter at 
SGPN MBA. And if you haven't liked this video, like all our videos, just matter of fact, if you haven't been liking videos, just go through and start liking some of the videos. That definitely helps the algorithm and all of that. But youtube.com slash NBA Gambling Podcast, you know where to find us all on social media. Other than that, I have nothing else to say, nothing else to do. No other way of ending the podcast. We're just going to end it like this. We are out of here. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-